0: OneDrive, SharePoint, and Game Pass. Everything you need in life. But before we get started, today's podcast is brought to you by my friends over at Devolutions and ITPro.TV. You can find links in the description of this podcast, and we'll have a bit more about them here in a second. But it has been another good week. Doing this means it's Friday, which means that uh, we're about at the end of the week, and hopefully your week was wonderful. Mine was pretty busy, and that is always a good thing. Let's just dive into the news. One of the more interesting things um, from a very technical perspective is that the OneDrive Sync client on Windows is now 64 bit. Well, you can at least have the option of downloading a 64 bit version of the OneDrive application. Now, the reason you might want to do this is that it, it the easiest way to break it down is that it has access to more system resources More specifically, RAM. So if you're transferring just like a ton of data back and forth, the 64-bit client, in theory, should make it a little bit more performant. Now, we're still in the very, like it just came out, it's actually technically still in preview, but it will start rolling out here in just a little bit. Important to keep in mind that this is only for Windows, and it's not for Windows on ARM. So as of right now, 64-bit is only available for pretty much just desktop and laptop uh, devices. Uh, paint and the snipping tool are now moving on over to the store Um, this has been a a pretty big pretty consistent thing that Microsoft is doing is trying to put more and more applications into the store, including things just as simple as Notepad. I think this is really to try to optimize and streamline the Windows update experience process so that applications are no longer being bundled in and they just sort of live out on their own. We've seen it with the browser. We now see it with all of their apps. I'll be curious to see what else they shove eventually into the store, um, but that is now available. Now, it's it was like either 1,500 or 1,700 days ago that Microsoft actually announced that Paint was moving to the store. It, they took their switch sweet time to make this happen but it is uh, finally happening so there you go uh interesting things happening on the team side by the way so right now when you want to join a team's meeting you have to click a link that's the only way to do it most of the time you get it as a meeting invite you accept the meeting invite you click the link then you can join the meeting but what if you don't have the link or you can't find the link or you're trying to help your your buddy who lost the invite get into the meeting uh starting here in the very near future you're going to be able to use an access code like, thankfully, finally, I don't know why it took them so long to get this figured out, but you'll be able to enter, I believe it's a nine-digit code to be able to join a Teams meeting, and all of your traditional controls and everything else will remain in place, but be on the lookout for those little meeting codes. They'll start showing up below the links in the invites, and that should make having people try, who have trouble getting into a meeting, uh, make that process hopefully just a little bit smoother so uh sharepoint scenario based site templates i know everybody's excited about this actually there's probably some very excited people listening to this are starting to arrive now what this allows you to do is to take a sharepoint site and apply a template to it. it's very very simple but there's scenario based templates pre-defined and makes it a lot easier to stand up a sharepoint site very very quickly now this the important thing here is to note that this is for new and existing sites so if you have a, a a cumbersome site and you're trying to just refresh it or update it these site templates might be a very easy way to do that Also, the very convenient way to keep consistent um, navigation and and documentation experiences across your entire intranet using these tools. That's a pretty important point because, hey, a lot of a lot of sites right now are sort of custom built or custom defined. Using templates make it really easy for IT pros to manage and make sure that that's a unique or not a unique, but a consistent experience across their entire intranet. Look for those rolling out here in the near future. Uh, Microsoft Defender for Endpoint is now generally available for Windows on 10 on ARM devices. So if you have a Surface Pro. X. I can't think of any other, honestly, ARM devices on top of my head, but the Pro X, you can now use that Defender experience. Also, LinkedIn is denying a report that they had uh, a data breach involving 500 million users. Now, this is this came out like late last night. This has also been, I believe, impacting Facebook. What I believe that they are referring to is that somebody has built a tool that goes through and just scrapes effectively publicly available information on these sites and then sort of lines it all up. So it looks like a data breach, but both Facebook and LinkedIn are kind of saying like, hey, this isn't really a data breach. We weren't hacked. They just used a tool to scrape all of our data. And so it's up to you whether to determine whether or not you think this is a true data breach or whatever you want to call it. Um, It's sort of interesting from the the idea that, hey, you don't really need a data breach to have all your information stolen, which is why you got to stay on top of your personal privacy security, which maybe that's an episode for another podcast, uh, because there's a lot you probably can and should do when you Think about putting information online, and so just keep aware that people are building tools that scrape Facebook, scrape Twitter, scrape LinkedIn, and then then they just drop it all together, align it, and it builds a pretty nice portfolio of you. Um, and if that sounds familiar, that's what all the advertising companies have been doing for years. So it's not exactly new. I mean, this is something that has just been been floating around, and something that's been been capable. Um, and social engineering is absolutely a thing. And I honestly think that social engineering is probably a bigger threat to most environments than say like a true traditional hack because campaigns are, are so much easier and so much more effective to execute a couple clicks of a button fire 500 emails at an organization hope somebody clicks the links and gives you their login then you can weave your way around and uh you know work from there so those are sort of the big tech highlights google io was also announced um, may is happening uh next month uh, build is also officially now happening at the end of may we already knew these things pretty much um, i guess google io technically is new also Uh, E3, since we're on the conference kick, will also be happening, but it'll be, uh, I believe, online only as well. So, uh, before we jump over to the gaming news, let's just take a listen here from our friends over at Devolutions. Remote Desktop Manager helps you centralize, manage, and secure access to remote connections, tools, and passwords on a single platform. Streamline your daily workflow with powerful automation tools and securely launch remote sessions without even seeing the credentials. No more pesky sticky notes with passwords on them. All right, let's dive into the gaming news of the week. There's been some news and information, not some of the big bombshells that we've seen in previous weeks, but there's definitely some notable items worth pointing out. First off, uh, Microsoft announced a bunch of Game Pass games coming to Game Pass. I'm not going to go through all of them, because, but there is very one that uh, a very significant one that is worth pointing out. Now, GTA uh, five, GTA V, whatever you want to call it, is back or it's on Game Pass. But one of the things that's worth pointing out is that it now supports touch-enabled controls, which means you can play. On your mobile device, on your Android device, hopefully, iOS here soon, and on the PC even sooner. Um, But you can definitely play that now using xCloud, which is a pretty big deal, considering that you can now just log into your service that you're already paying for and just play this game wherever. Um, GTA V is a very popular title, so seeing that it is now supporting cloud controls, or touch controls, I should say, is a pretty big deal. Also, MLB, the show which we already knew was coming to Game Pass on day one. um, It it was made very clear that this was an MLB decision and not a Sony Studios decision. I think that was pretty obvious from the get-go, but it is now officially out there and stated that MLB was like, hey, we want our title on more." platforms, and Game Pass looks great, and so that is why that is all happening. Um, Also, one of the more interesting things, and I'm still working on trying to gather more data, look for probably a video next week about Outrider's performance being in Game Pass. It looks like it's doing, honestly, Pretty darn well. Like, every time I looked at it, it's usually like Call of Duty Warzone or Fortnite or like flip flapping between one or two. And then you'll always see Out- Outriders has been near the top. The reason why I think this is incredibly interesting is that this is one of the first larger titles to land on Game Pass that from a third-party studio on day one. It- there's Microsoft, it- it- and there- I'm sure there's... Some- marketing deck somewhere inside of the world of Microsoft. I'd really love to know the pitch that they went to Outriders with in the performance and the business model that made this happen, because this is a a really... This could be a pivotal shift in the way we think about the gaming industry and the gaming services and buying games in general. Still working on, on like the narrative of how this all ties together, uh, but I think there's some really fascinating data here about what could be happening to the future of the gaming industry. Uh, also, things happening in the world of gaming: Halo is getting keyboard and mouse support uh, on the console, so this is really cool, and this is uh, this is kind of like plays into that like gaming shift narrative. Now, now that the Xbox Series X, and we'll use that one as the example, is It's a 4K gaming machine at a a respectable frame rate and uh, at at a respectable frame rate. Um, You know, I don't want to say it's always 120 frames per second because it depends on the title and everything else. Um, But it's, you know, you're looking at a high-end gaming machine, which really kind of separates, like, where does the gaming PC fall in and where does the console line differentiate when you have keyboard or mouse support? Because... In my opinion, playing games on a console offers a better experience from the lack of potential cheating perspective. Cheating has been rampant uh, in games like Destiny, uh, also like Warzone. I don't know about Fortnite personally, but when you play them on the console, the likelihood of running into a cheater running an aimbot is ex- is significantly less than playing on a traditional PC. Now, one of the reasons why people would typically play on a PC is because keyboard and mouse support is generally believed to be superior than, say, a traditional key- uh, controller. And most people would agree with that i typically do as well but i still prefer controller Anyways, but if you can get, let's just say, 60 frames per second at 4K, and you get HDR, and you get everything else that PCs have offered, along with keyboard and mouse support, what is the true benefit of playing on a PC? Well, you can make the argument that, hey, I don't need Xbox Live. Um, that is a very valid point. Hey, I prefer to use Discord. That is, again, a valid point, although there are workarounds on the console side, and Microsoft might even be buying Discord to make that uh, a true reality. And so it, it really blurs the line, unlike things we have seen in traditional years where PC at the the time of launch uh, were just so far ahead of what consoles could already do. I'm I'm sure that you can make the argument like, hey, the best in performance still happens on PC. Absolutely. You go out there and you spend um, a couple grand on getting a 3090 with 64 gigs of RAM and a 120 hertz monitor and everything else. And it will outperform a Series X, no question about it, and that gap will only increase. That being said, the benchmark of the industry has always been 4K, 60 frames per second. If you're getting that on a console with keyboard or mouse support, is it worth the trade-off to have a mostly unhacked experience? I I think there's a pretty valid argument for that, and I, I really do, because there's nothing worse than getting wall glitched or, or aimbotted um, when you're trying to play Destiny or Warzone. Um, and so... I don't know, it's an interesting dynamic. It's interesting dynamic. So uh, other interesting dynamics that you should be aware of comes from my friends over at itpro.tv. You can go to itpro.tv slash sams for a 30% off coupon because staying trained and staying educated about what is happening in the world, there's so many things happening. When you have things like hafnium, you you have just hacks and exploits happening all over the world and staying on top of your training and making sure you're upskilling yourself is always paramount to staying ahead of the industry. And honestly, it's just good for your personal growth good for your corporate growth so head on over to itpro.tv to learn more about IT pro related skills and everything else you need to be a successful IT pro and to continue to grow your own skill set they have very reasonable rates for both personal and um uh, business offering. Again, itpro.tv slash sams for a 30% off coupon. Go get yourself upskilled and uh, thank you for, to them for hanging out with this episode. So, uh, we're going to jump over to the questions of the week because there are, candidly, a lot of them, which is awesome. Uh, I always tweet these up at BDSams on Twitter. Roughly speaking, about noon to one o'clock somewhere on Thursdays. Um, and so we are just going to dive in here. Helix 2301 says, where do you see teams for family going right now i see it not going very far um mostly because microsoft did a a sort of like wrap up if you will they said hey it's been available we've been doing this for a year of some features and everything else but i I still think we felt like that full breadth of the marketing machine for microsoft like shoving people into this now they did announce that they're going to start putting an ad into the activity feed of teams for work that says hey try it out for personal and maybe that's where the marketing machine kicks up Microsoft really tries to push on there. I think this thing will continue to exist, mostly because it's just a subset of features that are already being built out for the corporate customers with Microsoft just repurposing them to support an MSA or your your Microsoft account. So I I don't know honestly where I see it going. There's so many things that are up in the air, especially things with like Discord um, potentially joining in. We still haven't quite figured out the full narrative of like Teams for Life or Teams for Consumer and and what's happening with Skype. And so Microsoft just has a lot of balls sort of juggling. And once these things, like the dust settles, then maybe we'll have a better idea of Microsoft's true direction. Um, If I was placing bets, I don't, the, the challenge with Skype is that Skype is such a powerful brand name in the world of consumers. Like people are just like, yeah, just call me on Skype. It's kind of like a Kleenex thing, even though they might mean Zoom or Google Chat or whatever. And so that's the only struggle is seeing them like try to potentially put that rest, put that to bed only because it has a powerful marketing machine behind it. So I don't have a great answer for that one, mostly because I think it's way too unknown about Microsoft's true com- commitment to supporting the, the non-work iterations of Teams. Uh, Ross says, uh, "When can we, when we can travel internationally again? Where is the first place you would, you would go to? Well, it, it kind of depends. Um, a lot of my international travel the past couple of years has been work related, like Amsterdam and a lot to Europe. If I am footing the bill, I suspect that our first international trip might be to like Caribbean or somewhere down there. Uh, my wife has really wanted to go to Turks and Caicos for a long time, and that, I think that would potentially be the first place we would go. But that's not." Definitely not in the immediate future unless somebody listening here has a house down there and wants to invite us down. Um, other than that, we'll see. We'll see. I think we're a little bit away from international travel. Uh, Usman says, why does Game for P- Game pack?" Game Pass for PC use Windows Store games slash MSIX packages instead of regular .exe that are found on other stores? Well, part of it was, I believe, a mandate from corporate to use the MSIX uh, packaging, and I think that was part of the big deal. There's no, I don't think there's a a really great reason for why it's using one versus the other. There was a time where the Windows Store was supposed to be the be-all, end-all for Microsoft, and we already know that that's not really the narrative that's playing out. It wouldn't surprise me if they ever did switch back to just a a clear-cut .exe, X uh, E. but for now I think it's more so that it's like, hey, that's how we had been doing things and that's why they are continue to um to do it. Uh Sydney2K says my Employer used to be part of the home-use program, and I used to be able to get a purchase, a copy of Office uh, with a wildly discounted price. Two years ago, though, my employer quit the program, much to my dismay. I understand that the Office 365 subscriptions can now be got under the home-use program. My question is, is there any way to get Office 365 subscriptions at a discounted price similar to how Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription works? Uh, I don't... So sometimes the easiest way to get a discounted office 365 subscription occurs at microsoft's own events like if you go to ignite i remember them offering discounted passes there uh sometimes at build as well so it kind of just depends on what you are doing here typically i mean if you're only doing it for yourself i believe it's like seven sixty-five bucks or something like that just check on amazon i've seen it as low as 40 something um, when some companies are using them as like a, a sort of like a, a loss leader um but there's not a whole lot of a whole lot of like hey here's the easiest way to get it for cheap because the home use program you're right it was like 5 bucks or something it was something really or maybe that was the the um, education discount i was thinking of but it was really really heavily discounted i um, mean it says also is it worth subscribing to office 365 purely for the extra one space i personally think it is i mean if you look at the comparison of let's say like a dropbox what they charge for one year of storage if you just do the same on OneDrive, um, you pay a, a very comparable rate and then you get all of the office apps uh, alongside with it uh bish bash 2 says surface earbuds 2 any noise or I should should say lack of noise because i believe uh, the noise cancelling anyways uh maybe run the surface duo to timeframe. I ha- i haven't heard anything other than the surface earbuds just haven't been selling that well and so i don't know I-, I would assume that we'll see version 2 because microsoft typically does a couple iterations to see if they can get any true traction um but i have not personally heard anything yet um bengen olsen bioplay portals what do you think there's a video on this channel just scroll back uh talking about how i think they are probably fine i think they're just carving out that that high end niche market uh inside of the console world of microsoft and i think there's a space for them they're just not going to be a mass market device is the short uh, version of the long story uh polgatha says microsoft is changing the icons in file explorer how do you do you think they will change the layout as well Uh, when do you think the rounded corners will appear in windows windows the rounded corners will appear in Windows, I believe, in the fall uh, with Windows twenty Windows twenty one H two or what we now refer to sometimes as Sun Valley. So look for that uh, in the fall, but look for a a Windows focused event like what's hap- what's next in Windows. Um, I think in the spring. So be be on the lookout for that. Uh, also, the File Explorer, stuff, th- there's a really Tough issue that Microsoft has to deal with with File Explorer. One, File Explorer is primarily by used by power users for the most part, and changing that up is really dicey. Remember when they moved the change the Start menu and everybody kind of lost their mind and Windows eight completely tanked from it. I don't. I'm not expecting Microsoft to do a complete overhaul of File Explorer. We. I say that with a caveat. Microsoft wanted to do a File Explorer overhaul without leaving the traditional file explorer because people like myself are very quick at moving and navigating around in there and changing that workflow up is going to anger a lot of people. So I expect to see just minor updates improvement, things like icons. We've already seen seen some spacing updates as well. And so that is the route that I would expect uh, Microsoft to take. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Yoshi says, I saw some rumblings on a possible Xbox uh, Kojima partnership. What do you? What are your thoughts on this possibility? I think my thoughts are that I need to save that for another uh, time because I would ju- I would just keep your eyes on that. Um, I, I probably mispronounced that too. I always do. Anyways, I would keep your eyes on that. That's about about what I would say. Um, yeah. Uh, NGC two two four says any chance of a Zeta Developers Edition at Build? It seems it would help uh, with the fall launch. I'm not quite sure what Zeta meaning before beta um i don't i i I don't know um i microsoft whew, that's a good question i don't think so i don't think so um we will see uh will says any news on the update of the surface studio and surface book design updates surface book design update i would be paying attention to the fall is uh where i would be placing my poker chips um very confidently right now. Yeah, I'd be looking for the fall for a design update on the Surface Book or something along those lines. Not exactly sure on the Surface Studio. Um, the device exists and is built and could go out realistically at any time, but I don't know if Microsoft what Microsoft's actual plans there are at this time. Triple play, it says, Will Xbox game streaming ever include purchased games outside of Game Pass? Interesting question. So the idea here is like, hey, I bought a game outside of Game Pass. Can I play it now inside there? Uh that's a difficult so technically is it possible absolutely yes will Microsoft allow that? That's another idea, because the, the thing is, is it's not, like, just because it's in the store doesn't mean it's already in um, Game Pass streaming, because Game Pass streaming, remember, comes from their data centers, it's a completely different setup, and so it has to explicitly be added, which makes me think that, like, hey, if they're intentionally adding a game to game streaming, it should already be a part of Game Pass, so I think it's possible, but I think the, the, the rationale for Microsoft is that, hey, we're only going to put things into streaming that are available on Game Pass, I think that's how it has to work, so if it migrates to Game Pass, then yeah, it has a better potential of ending up in streaming, but I don't think skipping Game Pass is going to be a thing yet. Remember, you can do in-home streaming, so that is more than likely the way uh, that it's going to work. Uh, Mr. PKI says, uh, with two questions, I believe, uh, do you think Windows 10X will support any games to be played on the new platform? Will xCloud games be possible on Windows 10X in S mode? Uh, I think you just kind of hit it on the head. I believe on a Windows 10 X device, cloud gaming is going to be the rationale uh, way, the rational way to play games on that product. We already know that it's at least initially believed to be targeted at lower end devices. It's going to be at targeted at like single screen experiences. And so that makes a lot more sense to me that you would just play it through cloud gaming rather than trying to play it locally because I don't think the OS will probably not support it. I mean, you could potentially maybe try to virtualize it in Azure and stream it down. But if you're already doing that, why not just use... Uh, Uh, cloud gaming uh, because i think that is going to be a better route and then he also asked xbox has acquired a large number of game studios when are we going to see any new or exclusive titles i think we're going to start to hear more about these things um in the around the e3 time frame i believe is the justification that microsoft is pushing towards right now so i think that's where we're going to start to hear more Uh, delta actual says any recommendations for windows laptops uh if i were to shake my magic eight ball i'd say ask that question next week um jnbck says have you tried if there have you heard if there's any big moves uh off of exchange servers or on-prem since hafnium so ha- great last question here so hafnium wrecked the on-premises exchange server world um, basically causing a lot of emergency patches um it, it exposed a lot of companies who thought they were safe and secure by having just one exchange server so i haven't heard of any mass migrations yet i haven't i, I i'm i'm not quite running a poll yet but i've talked to about a dozen or so people who were impacted by this and said hey this is going to move you faster to the fully cloud solution and i haven't heard a resounding yes now what i have heard is that more people are definitely considering doing that so what I think is going to be the big outcome here is that we're just going to see a continued migration to the cloud uh, because of things like this, but it's not going to be an overnight move because it's for large organizations. It's a significant move to go from on premises to the cloud. It's not something you just click a few buttons. Like this is years in the making, more than likely, uh, for the larger companies of the world. So, haven't heard anything major um, on that front. So, uh, folks, it has been just been another week i mean i want to give a big shout out to my friends over at devolutions and itpro.tv we go to itpro.tv slash sam's um for a coupon offer but it has just been a big week i mean there's been a lot of good questions we got a lot of things on the horizon um next week's show should be pretty darn good too i would imagine based on what i'm hearing is coming down uh some of the pipelines so as always folks keep it subscribed here because the only bs on this podcast is me